I want you to open your Bibles with me to Isaiah chapter 49. We're going to begin there. There's quite a few places I want to go, the Lord willing. But how many know when you open your Bible, the devil gets nervous? He really does. He gets nervous because he knows that he's already been judged and he's already destined for destruction. So his biggest question to you and me, (laughs) if you are, I preached a message not too many weeks ago, the if, but the question the devil will use as the door of temptation is if you are. I felt a streak of glory because I believe the Lord's leading us on a path of, of absolute victory. He always causes us to triumph in Jesus Christ. We're grateful for that. So Isaiah 49 verse 14 Maybe something that we've all said, when you see Zion, he's talking about the church. He's talking about, in the Old Testament, that's the type of the church. And he says, but Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me, and my Lord has forgotten me. Then God says, can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget. Yet I will not forget you. See, I've inscribed you on the palm of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Now, when you see that walls, obviously this is also a parallel prophetic word about Jerusalem. But it's also something we can apply to our own lives because walls represent limitations. It represents those things that hinder us, those things that that get in our way. He says... I'm aware of where you are. I'm aware of what you're going through. I don't know about you, but my five favorite words in the Bible sometimes are, and it came to pass. Because when we think about temporary, temporary just means subject to change. And we're all in this time, chronos, that gives us an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to transform us and it's not just the, when you, Jesus didn't just come so you and I could die and go to heaven one day. What's, what about the meantime between, between coming to the knowledge of the truth and, and when we die? I, ho- I hope that I got the good genes my granddad had at 97, uh, maybe even more, because I believe God's given us time as an opportunity and All of us at some point have felt maybe and even questioned, God, where are you? Did you forget about me? Did you forget about me? But but I came to encourage somebody to let you know his promise. He's already inscribed your name on the palm of his hand. It's amazing. So he goes on down in this same chapter and he says, shall the prey, verse 24, shall the prey be taken from the mighty? Or the captives of the righteous be delivered. But thus says the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. For I'll contend with him who contends with you and I will save your children. You understand you've got the creator, Elohim, the 
triune God. Elohim is plural. The Father, Son, and Spirit. They're warriors on your behalf. I want to tell you that when we see Matthew gives us a record in chapter 3 at the end of Matthew when Jesus came to be baptized 17 miles outside of Jerusalem. John said, I'm not even worthy to bend down and unloose your shoes. But Jesus said, it must be that you baptize me. Why? Because he's in a body like you and me. He's a faithful high priest. That means he knows where you are. He feels what you feel. He don't just know what you feel, but he feels what you feel. And Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan. When he came up, the Bible said the spirit like a dove descended upon him. The prophecy was that John told him, said, whoever you see the spirit descend like a dove and, and lighting upon is the Savior and he's going to remain. The Holy Spirit will remain. Now, when you think about that, the very next thing that happened was a voice from heaven. It was the Father speaking over his Son. This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Now that's a weak English translation. He said, this is my beloved Son in whom I have great delight. Then the Bible said, the Spirit of the Lord leads him into the wilderness. Now you understand this is not punishment. This is... This is not punishment, it's promotion. Wherever you are, if you feel like you're in the wilderness, I just came to tell you the wilderness is an opportunity for promotion because it was there where Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And it was the end of the fast, the very, the devil came to Jesus. The very first question he asked was to challenge the last thing he heard his father say in the River Jordan. Now, I'm sure he'd been talking to his father. But the last thing publicly was, this is my beloved son in whom I have great delight. The devil comes with this question, if you are the son of God. Notice, he leaves something out. <laughs> he don't want him to... See, the devil is really banking on the fact that he won't know that he can talk him out like he did the first Adam. He left out the beloved part. If you are the son of God. But Jesus knew exactly who he was. He already knew because he, his father had told him. And he was in such close communion that the devil said, if you are the son of God, turn this stone into bread. Because he knew he was hungry. He's hitting him at the point of need. The enemy will always hit you with temptation at the point of your need, at the point of your struggle. But I just came to tell you he didn't forget about you. That struggle is not a sign that God has forsaken you. That struggle is an opportunity like the wilderness to bring promotion. Because an understanding of identity... Not just identity, but beloved. Understanding that, I'm telling you, temptation, when it knocks at your door, that will answer. And you, I'm telling you, it'll change your life. When you come to understand what Jesus knew, that I'm the beloved of the Father. 
He's the only begotten son. But the Bible says that we are in him. Now think about this, 1 John 3. John, the same one who was the disciple who wrote about himself, the disciple that Jesus loved, writes in 1 John chapter 3. And he begins to talk about forgiveness. He talks about how we're released from our sins, that if we, if we have his seed in us, and we're born again, and we, we are fathered by God, then we won't make it a habit of sinning. We won't make it a practice, is one translation. So what is sin? Let me tell you what it is. It's the very thing the devil challenged Eve with. He, he challenged her with a lie. Because God had told him that you can have anything in this garden and they had everything they would ever need, but the one thing that God required that they with, with refrain from was eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now let me tell you, the devil's still good at feeding people from the wrong tree. Because he wants, you to, he wants to remind you of your past. And he challenged Jesus. Every time he challenged Jesus... If you read the history of Matthew, the question was the same. If you are the son of God. That's how it started. The next one was, he took him into a, 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 a pinnacle of the temple. And he said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. See, the devil knows the Bible. But he'll twist it. He'll pervert it. He'll, he'll challenge what you believe about God and what you believe about yourself. And Jesus said, hey, thank you, Jonah. <laughs> and Jesus said, the devil quoted Psalm 91. For it's written, he'll give his angels charge over you and they'll, bear their, they'll, they'll be with you and they'll bear you up in their hands lest you dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus said, it is written every time he used the word. He used the written word of God because he knew his father. He knew who he was, and he said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. Set third temptation. If you are the son, let me tell you, every door of temptation comes with that question. If you are... If you are who you believe you are, then this won't hurt you. Let me tell you about sin. Even the young people, I want to tell you that sin is attractive and it's fun for a while. But what you won't understand is that sin leads to destruction, heartbreak. Sin is literally harmatia, which means to be without a share in. It's like this. John goes on in 1 John 3. Woo, I feel the Lord in this place. 1 John 3 he said, if you have his seed in you, you're not going to practice sin because you can't. Why? Because you, you understand who you are. It, it becomes something that is so easy when you discover beloved identity. Jesus had no problem with the temptation of the devil. Think about this, the woman at the well. Remember John chapter 4? He's at the well in Samaria by himself with a woman who has a reputation. Yeah. 
I mean, he didn't think she could lie on him because he's by himself. <laughs> but he has all confidence. And the scripture said he must go through Samaria. Why? Because he must talk to this woman. He knows she's been through five relationships. If you were really good enough, he would stay with you. That's another lie. Come on, somebody. So we see the brokenness of identity. That people, their image. Remember Jeremiah 17 where God tells Jeremiah, go down to the potter's house and I want you to see a work. And he goes down to the potter's house and the potter has his hands on the clay, on the wheel, and the wheel is spinning. Kind of like our lives sometimes. We can't see him sometimes. But then we can, then we can't. Then where are you, Lord? But you understand you're in the hands of the potter. Because Jeremiah said, I saw a work in the potter's hands and it was marred in the hands of the potter. Come on, you understand that you are the beloved of the Father. I don't care where you are, what position you're in right now. Because the Bible said when it was marred, he made it again. Now, he could have just thrown it out. Started with something else. But he didn't. He made it again. I came to tell somebody, can a mother forget her nursing child? No. I'll never forget you. I've got you right here. And, and, and the Bible says that he made it again as seemed good to him to make. So when you think about John in 1 John chapter 3, John writes these words. He said, this is how they're going to know that, that you are a, the child of God is because you love one another. Now, I want to tell you about that love. That, that love is not human love. It's a perfect love that's imparted by the presence of the Holy Spirit that causes you to love people and you don't even know why sometimes. But you can't help it. Because you love them. I, I, this young lady was at our home yesterday, and, and I hope it's okay if I talk about you. Look at her fingernails. Yeah. My granddaughter did her fingernails. And, and uh, last thing she said to Kyla on her way out, come to church. Bring your friends. I, I want you to know that sometimes they'll listen to somebody who's not family. There's a friend. And God, you planted a seed. I believe that God's able to work with. Now I want to think about this. First John 3. He said, this is how you know. You've passed from death to life, from darkness to light, when you love one another. Then he said, for this reason, Jesus was revealed. That he might destroy the works of the devil. That he might annihilate the works. Of, what's the work of the devil? To give you a false sense of identity. To give you a picture of yourself that God never intended for you to be. So the world is on board with that. 
I, w- I remember sitting 40 feet up in a tree stand. Deer season went out yesterday. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I remember being 40 feet up in a tree, taking my own life in my hands because I was in a baker. A baker was one of the first tree stands that came out. It's made out of plywood and aluminum, little flat aluminum brackets. And I'm 40 feet up in a tree by myself on the reservation and thousands of acres. I hadn't seen a soul since I moved in. But I was sitting up there and I heard the Lord. I know it was him because I couldn't think like this. He said, I want you to tell the young people that the world's opinions are like chisels. That if you try to conform yourself to the world, they will chisel away at who who you are to try to make you into something I never intended for you to be. So, John writes, for this reason Jesus was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. And I like what Paul writes, you know, I often wondered why Paul didn't speak of the kingdom of God so much. That was in my own mind. But he did. You know what? He, he spoke fluently about the kingdom. You know what? The, the, the message of Paul, it was sonship. Being fathered by God. That's what the kingdom looks like. As we are, behold what manner of love that he's lavished on us. We should be called the children of God, the sons of God. You understand that this love is amazing. So Jesus was never shaken by the if you are. And the enemy will always challenge you. He'll always challenge you. If you are forgiven. If you are saved. Come on, he'll say that. You wouldn't have done that. Come on. Am I, I'm, you, you understand? He will use the if you are to try to get you to believe something about yourself that's not true. The same thing he did with Jesus. Same thing he did with Eve. Because Eve believed the lie. God knows in the day that you eat this fruit, you're gonna, your eyes will be open and you'll be like him. They already were. He's just perverting the truth of God to get them to believe something and to bite the fruit that would lead them into destruction, which is sin, harmatia. John also says in chapter 3, he said, whoever practices sin don't belong to him. That's pretty stark and strong. But here's the translation. Whoever practices sin is not themselves. Come on, you understand, when you discover beloved identity and who you are, temptation will knock at the door and love will always answer and say, that's not who I am. I don't, I, that's not who I am. Come on, you understand what the enemy wants to question is if you are. But, but you need to understand that this beloved identity, this, this love of the Father has, has created us new in Christ. Romans 8, you never have to deal with religious duty. 
Let me just read that. Lord, don't let me get too far into that. You understand, Jesus didn't come to start a new religion. He came to do away with all religion. Because religion is man's attempt to get to God. Relationship is God coming to us. So when you think about Romans 8, yeah, that's where I was going. Keep me... Now, let's, okay, we'll go there in a minute. Let's look at Ephesians 1, verse 3. This is important. Amen, that's right. Listen to Jonah. He's, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose him, us in him. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Look at your neighbor and tell him I was chosen. She was chosen. What a beauty. My goodness. Wow. Now what's her name? Lucy. Lucy. It's amazing. It's amazing. What a beautiful. God's got her name already. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, he already had you on his mind. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. The only way we can be holy and without blame is to be in love. To understand how much we're loved. So he says, having predestined us to adoption as sons and daughters by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. One translation said, in his beloved. Accepted. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I'm accepted. Romans 8. I got to give you this. The devil's in the phone booth dialing 911. Yep. <laughs> Let's see. Hang with me. He says in verse 14, the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive, this is verse 14 of, of Romans 8. You did, that, that word bondage, and again, to fear is slavery. To fear. You did not receive the spirit of religious duty. Come on, if you... You understand the devil will always challenge you. If you are, you'll straighten up. You'll be better than you. You should be further along than you are. Liar, liar, pants on fire. You're exactly where the father knew you would be. And he's working all things for his glory. And you're good. I'm telling you, I'm having the time of my life. 
my wife asked me this morning, said, do you ever dread getting ready? And I said, no. Uh, I got up the first morning at 4.30, and then the next morning it was 3.30. And, and, and I began to say, okay, Lord, just tell me what you want me to know. Because I know you woke me up because you've been watching me all night. <laughs> and you just woke me up because you wanted to talk with me. So, Lord, I'm just here. I'm telling you, there's times I feel his arms just reassuring me that I'm beloved. And I want you to know that you are beloved. You are the beloved of the Father, and you understand the truth that he created you and made you in his image. That's why the devil hates you. He don't care where you are. So he says he's predestined us to, he's made us accepted in the beloved. And in and, and Romans 8, he said, but you've received the spirit of full acceptance. You, you didn't receive the spirit of religious duty. Leading you in to never feeling good enough. Let me ask you a question. Young people too. Isn't it amazing the peer pressure? Even as adults, the peer pressure to perform. Status. Being good enough. I remember when I was growing up and in school and they were choosing teams, I always wanted to stand there and think, maybe he's going to pick me before last. Because <laughs> if he picks me last, I know I wasn't high on his list. But we all wrestle with that idea of being accepted. But I promise you, when you come to the truth of how deeply you're loved by the Father... And the Son and the Holy Spirit comes to draw us in, to reconcile us, bring us back into favor, bring back into this covering. And he says, he said this, he said, enfolding us into the family of God, you will never feel orphaned. I think one of the greatest tragedies in our world today, remember Jesus in Matthew 24, he said, in the last days, many will be offended. Boy, look at all these special interest groups that have bought in the lie. I'm just going to say it. I'm not threatened by any of it. But I can tell you what they want to do. They want to rob us of our, of our liberties. They want to take away our freedom. They certainly don't want us coming together like this. They, they think they know better what we need to be doing than they do because they're not only perverted, they're, they're corrupt, and they're out of the blueprint. Come on, you understand sin means to be outside the blueprint that you were intended for. It means to live outside the blueprint. So what does that mean? That means I can do all things, if I live in the blueprint, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What does that mean? That means that, that the young lions lack in self a hunger, but because I seek the Lord, I will not lack any good thing. Uh, and, and it means in, 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 in Matthew seven eleven, if we live in this temporal world and have these limitations, the Bible, the King James says, if you be an evil, know how to give good things to your 
children, how much more would your heavenly Father know how to give good things to those who ask Him? So I'm not afraid to ask. I don't even look at, He don't even look at my past uh, to see if I qualify. Come on, somebody. Uh, it's a good pleasure to give us the kingdom. What's in the kingdom? Everything you would ever need because He's the I am that I am. Everything you've been looking for is in Him. The love, the affirmation, the acceptance, the blessing, the overflow of the holiness of this God who is, who is one, who is, there's not another one like him. He says, <laughs> you'll never feel orphaned. The orphan spirit is rampant because we need to feel accepted and we need and there's a lot of people that live outside the blueprint they social media they're not going to put their dirty laundry on social media right they're not going to put things that would cause them to be looked at in a different light and don't get me wrong I'm on social media too but I don't do Facebook as much <laughs> but I will I will answer sometimes when but but there's there's a lot of people who don't understand who they are who God created them to be so he said the God of the, verse 27 the God the searcher of the heart knows fully our longings Yet he also understands the desire of the Spirit, Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before for God for us, his holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. Whew. So if you are, if you are, I want to I want to come to tell you that yes, you are. That you are the pleasure of the Father's goodwill. You are here, not by accident. You didn't just show up. You're, you're here. God saw you coming. David said, you saw me in secret, being formed. You knit me together in my mother's womb. And you, David said, you wrote my days in your book. I was thinking at 17 years old, me and two buddies was in the living room of the old house that's still there that we lived in when I, we moved in it when I was 13. And I remember at 17, me and two buddies are in the living room and we're praying. And the power of the Lord came in that room. I'll never forget. It's like yesterday because it was so rich and I knew he was in the room. Because God was doing something then that it would affect me now. I remember Mama said that I used to take a coffee table. You remember the two-tiered little coffee tables? I would turn the top tier toward me when I was just a kid. And I'd slam the top of it and preach. I don't know what I preached. She didn't tell me. Maybe she didn't want me to know, but... <laughs> but then I got a picture when I was four years old sitting in old, on an old red tractor 
like a red flyer tractor and I had a white shirt and a black bow tie. That's what marked me at four years old. That's why I still wear them. I didn't even know why until I saw the picture. <laughs> and, and, and I had a big white bandage across my eye. Because at four, I'm a risk taker. <laughs> and, and it left a mark. I still got a scar. But you understand, he knew where I was. And he knew where he was taking me. And he didn't want me to buy into the lie that I was anything other than what he said I was. And I came to tell you today, don't you buy into the lie that you're anything other than what the Father says you are. You are accepted in the beloved because of the blood of Jesus. You are in the family of God and he takes great pleasure in you. He loves you beyond anything you could ever imagine. I want you to stand with me. If you are, last place Jesus took, uh, the devil set Jesus on a high mountain. He said, all of this, he showed him all the kingdoms of the world. You know how he got that authority? Through Adam. Adam gave him the contract when he cooperated with him. And anytime you cooperate with the enemy, you'll become something God never intended for you to be. And he says, if you'll just worship me. <laughs> Jesus said, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only. Shall you serve? And the Bible said the devil left him and the angels came and ministered to him. What were they ministering? I believe they was reinforcing who he was. They were reinforcing his, his purpose to destroy the works of the devil. Now, let me tell you what your purpose is. Your calling may be different. Your gifts may be different, but your purpose is, is we all have that in common. I believe this with all my heart. <laughs> Your purpose is to be loved by the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Your purpose is to be loved. And when you come into that knowledge of beloved identity, nothing can shake you from that confidence of being a son and a daughter of God. Nothing. I'm telling you, we're living in a time when I never imagined my wife and I sit and talk and sometimes it's overwhelming if we allow ourselves to be in, 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 the, in the physical and the emotional and, and we allow ourselves to get caught up in that. It can be overwhelming. But I can tell you it's never overwhelming. Why? Because he knows who he created me to be and who she, he created her to be. So the grace he's given us to walk through this season, it's unmatched. It's amazing. And the enemy knows where we're headed. Come on, church. 
boy, we got, we got some, uh, I don't even know what time it is, but I need to tell you that whatever you're wrestling with, whatever you struggle with, whatever challenge that might be, I want to tell you, I'm, I'm sure Russell wouldn't mind me telling you he's listening from Michigan. But he called me and he had done something. I'm not going to go into detail. And he, he said, I've asked the Lord to forgive me, but I'm struggling with, did he really forgive me? And I told Russell the same thing I'll tell you because I know we struggle with those things. The fact that he asked the question called me all the way from Michigan to ask the question is evidence that the Father wants him to know he's forgiven. I said, you, you would, here, here's the, the beautiful part about you being here. The Father takes great pleasure in the fact that you refuse to turn away from him. So you're here. Come on. And you're still going because he's still drawing. And he wants you to come into the knowledge of who you are. I want to ask you a very personal question. And you don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to, but I, I don't, I, I want you to know that I've been struggling for years with religion and trying to measure up to the standard that I was, I thought that I needed to measure up to because my self-effort remember <laughs> Hagar was Sarah's idea because <laughs> she's past childbearing age so Abraham became intimate with Sarah's idea and Ishmael was born that's not the promise Ishmael was the son of the slave woman So Isaac is born, the son of promise. They're both, and the, and the self-effort, Ishmael is mocking Isaac. Religion will always make you feel little. Come on. Self-effort will always make you feel like you can never measure up. So the Lord instructed Abraham to tell Sarah, you're going to get, and Sarah I think she might have heard from the Lord first. <laughs> Come on, I'm thankful for my wife. Sometimes she hears before I do. And, and, and she said, she said, we got to get rid of this, this self-effort. We got to get rid of Ishmael and Hagar because that, slut, that can't live in our house with the promise. So you understand the Lord wants us to get rid of self-effort. Stop struggling and surrender to beloved identity. Metanoia is the word that they replace with repentance. But metanoia is a radical change in the way you think. Now that radical change in the way you think is not so much, it's not just a moment that you have this light bulb, but you think... You think differently about your past, your sin. You think differently about God because you see Him as your Father and He loves you so much He refuses to leave you like He found you. Whew. So if you're here, 
And you say, Pastor, I want to I rest. I want to enter into that rest that Jesus made available. I want to enter into that place of peace where even though I may have needs, I feel like nothing's missing. Nothing's broken. Whew. Think about that. You may have needs, but the Holy Spirit is here to lead us into the knowledge that the peace of God that passes all understanding means that you live your life as though nothing's missing and nothing is broken. It's not self-effort. Not trying harder. It's surrender. So if you're here and you say, Pastor, that's me. I want to surrender to beloved identity and rest and who he created me to be, would you pray for me that the Holy Spirit would show me and teach me what that's supposed to look like? Let me tell you what's going to happen. There's also physical healing that happens. When, when we come to that knowledge, there's physical healing. There's emotional healing. I can't even fathom the depth of what God did through the completed work of Christ. But I'm tapping into it. And it's beautiful. So slip your hand up right there if you want me to pray for you right now where you are. God, amen. God bless you. God bless you. Just hold your hand up. Father sees your hand right now. He knew you were coming to this moment. Holy Spirit, thank you for being here to show us what Jesus is like. We pray right now that you reveal yourself. To every hand that's raised, every heart connected to the hand. Reveal to us, beloved identity. Let us enter into that place of great peace and, and, and rest in the fact of your completed work. There's nothing I have to strive to be. I just need to be who you call me to be. That you've got my name on the palm of your hand and I'm ever before you. And you know my limitations. You know my weaknesses. So I pray right now, Lord, that you would strengthen me from the inside out. Teach me, Holy Spirit. Move in every heart right now, Lord. And teach us who we are in Christ. Help us never, ever to be challenged by the question of the adversary who says, If you are, Lord, we thank you that we know who we are. We're beloved of the Father, accepted in the beloved. And we're the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. We give you praise and glory. And thank you. And everybody said, Amen. 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 I love you dearly. I'm so grateful that you're here. But I want you to know that when you leave here, he's going to have his perfect work. And he's got you exactly where you're supposed to be. So, Father, I just speak blessing, life, peace, abundance, your presence in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen.